In today's episode, we're speaking to the amazing Yasin Hall. Yasin is a CEO of Boss Class LLC and Journey Untold LLC. She's an award-winning, best-selling author, self-made multi-millionaire, and influencer has been successfully selling on Amazon for 16 years. She educates others on how to build a profitable Amazon business online that creates unlimited freedom, allowing them to relax and enjoy many diverse and wonderful life experiences. And in today's episode, Yasin will share with us how she changed her life by changing her mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today we are so lucky we have the amazing, the wonderful Yasin Ho. Welcome, Yasin. Welcome. Hello, listeners. Thank you for having me, love. Thank you so much for coming, Yasi. And everyone's heard your intro. They know how amazing you are. They know you're a superwoman. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Well, I'm Yasin Hall. I was originally born in the Virgin Islands and I live in USA, Atlanta, Georgia. I'm actually a self-made multimillionaire. I kind of just walked and kept walking in my purpose. I am the CEO of The Boss Class, which is an online university that teaches specifically women how to learn to earn the life that they dream just by selling on Amazon, Walmart, and eBay. I'm also a best-selling award-winning author. My story of journey untold, twisted love, my mother's struggle with mental illness because I am a daughter of a paranoid schizophrenic mother. Oh, wow. I mean, one one heck of a story right just there in the intro itself, Yasin. So tell us, Yasin, how did you how did your journey begin? I mean, what kind of environment did you grow up in? And how did you go on from there to becoming, you know, a multimillionaire? So talk us through your journey. How did it all begin for you? Absolutely. Uh, my 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 childhood was rather toxic. There was a lot of confusion. Um, mm. just my mother alone. When I was born, my mother actually gave me to my grandmother on my father's side um, for about four years. So about four years, I didn't see my mother or my father. And then one day when I turned like five, my mother came back for me and just took me. No warning, nothing. And I was like, well, who is this woman? You know, and I have pictures that document these events that were happening. And then um, I think that is when my mother really started to show signs of mental health, this, you know, disabilities. And um, on the island, there was no treatment. There was no facility. There was no psychologist. There was a psychiatrist that probably came over once every six months to evaluate those that were struggling. Uh, My mother ultimately became the only woman in her era to walk the streets. So that alone, yeah, um, not that she was the only one that was paranoid schizophrenic. She was just the only one that was very public about it. Mm-hmm. And um, back then that was shunned upon. A woman should know her place. Uh, everybody else pretty much locked anyone else inside the house who showed any sort of, you know, disability or whatever. Um, but my mom, my grandmother was always adamant in leaving her children be who they are and accepting of who they are. Um, ultimately, that put a, a light on me because in a community in the Caribbean, they shun upon um, what's different. They don't understand yeah. Rather than ask a question, yeah. they bully it, they torment it, they, yeah. 
they, they ridicule it. And because I was her daughter, even though I showed no symptoms, I was also considered demonic or crazy like her. So um, growing up, I didn't have any friends, um, no birthday parties, no playing in the park, um, nothing like that. It was just a rather lonely um, childhood. And I was also bullied for 16 years of my life. The kids would actually urinate in balloons and throw them at me at school, coming my way to school, I have to sit there all day like that. It was just pretty hard being misunderstood. And my name, um, I proudly wear my name now and, and call my name Yasin now because Growing up, I was always known as that crazy lady's daughter. That was my name. Nobody else knew my name. Um, even when I wrote the book and became a, a best-selling, uh, I had people from my Carib- my Caribbean, my culture, my, my community that would send me messages on Facebook. Oh, I remember you. You're the crazy lady's daughter. And I would be like, No, I'm Yasin Hall. <laughs> you know, and it, and you know, I used to see you walking up and down with your mom, and I always wondered what happened to you. And that's when I decided to become the voice of the voiceless in the Caribbean and start a, um, a campaign towards ending the stigma. And I was the first person to actually go back and, and force the government to collect the money from the CDC and admit that we have a mental health problem in the Virgin Islands. Um, so in, in my mother ultimately paved the way, and I, I highly respect and love my mother. At the time, I didn't understand it, and I didn't know what this was, you know. Um, but now I'm so glad, grateful that I am a daughter of a paranoid schizophrenic because it molded me to be the voice for those that are dealing with a mental health disorder. Um, it, it enabled me to go back and make change and laws for my community to do better when it comes to the mental health system. And it was meant for her to walk the street so that she could walk the street with me so I can have a voice and make that change in our community. Wow. 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 And I, while you were saying this, I was just tuning into the energy and going back to that period when you're walking with your mother and all the humiliation and all the shame that you must have felt as a, as a, as a young child, then yeah. going as a preteen, as a teenager, yeah. as a young woman. Um, I can I can just get the sense of all of that anger, frustration that has now been channeled. Yes. It's profound, amazing way to help become the voice of those who are voices. I love that. Oh, that's oh, goosebumps just thinking. <laughs> I grew up now. <laughs> it's such an amazing journey. And it, it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Really, you really are the epitome of, you know, when I say everything happens for you, not to you. Yeah. And instead of choosing to be a victim, which you easily could have, even though you didn't have the issues, the mental health issues that your mother had, you could easily have developed them or gone into the victim mode because of everything that you put through in the community. Yet you chose to rise above it. And not only did you make something of your life, which we'll talk about in a bit, but you also went back to actually help those who will need it because obviously mental health is an issue and it's not by choice and it is a disease. It's not something that you just decide one day to be, you know, decide to have mental health issues. It's just, it, it's, it's something that you, and some of it is jet, genetic as well, something you, yes. you're genetically prone and to. It is genetic in my family. It is. Yeah. I so you have four children so, with disabilities. You know, they say one in four, and I actually have four. So my oldest son, who is 36, he has bipolar. And my second son, um, he's living successfully through with depression. And my last two children, my first, my my first, my baby boy was actually born with autism. And my daughter was diagnosed with autism at 14. But I'm blessed that I had the experience with my mother because I was able to see the signs of my children early Mm -hmm. and get them the help they needed. So now they're productive, successful citizens in the world. And their disability isn't a disability, it has special abilities. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't like the term disabilities, I, I have to say. I, I think er, not everyone has to le- behave or conform to exactly. what the society thinks is normal. I mean, I, when I'm, I'm severely dyslexic, so I, I grew up, I didn't know this until I'm my first year law degree, I'm wow. severely dyslexic. And I, and which looking back in hindsight, it makes sense because I couldn't read a full sentence until I was 11, 12 years old, until high school. Yet, um, it's dyslexia is seen as disability. I don't yeah. see it as disability. I, I, I call my dyslexia a gift. Exactly. It allows me to see things in, 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 you know, in a different way. I have to think out of the, out of the box. I, exactly. I, I have to look at the bigger picture. I, yes, I spent longer reading before, not yeah. necessarily now, but before. But it gave me a whole different perspective on the world. And that allowed me to be a really good lawyer, to be honest, even a healer as well, because it gives me a different perspective on things. Yes. And I like to take really complex things and make them very simple because for, for me to understand and systemize it and categorize it. So my disability never existed. It's a, right. it's a gift for me from God. Yes. Um, and, I, and I love that you're saying the same thing, that these, these so-called disabilities that these four of your children have, all four, mm-hmm. they're not they gift. No, they're superpower. They're- I call them superpower abilities. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I think more parents and more individuals need to start seeing that yes. in themselves as they, if they if they have one of those issues. Otherwise, if it's with their children, I think. I mean, one of the things I have to congratulate you on. I know you're a very positive person, but to have to have your mother go through so many issues with mental health and then have four of your children, all four of your children have oh, one Lord. or different form of mental health issue and to still turn around and be grateful and to see this as a gift is an amazing achievement on its own. And I'm, I just have to say, you know, I'm on my heart, you're an amazing woman and I hats off to you. Congratulations for having such a positive mindset. But this is exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is why each one of those four individuals are growing up to be a productive yes. member, contributing member of the society, not a burden on society, yes. which is amazing. And that's exactly what we want. And it's unfortunately, there are so many people out there who don't have these disadvantages. I call it disadvantage because early on it is a disadvantage. Uh, it becomes an advantage later. But in the early days, people who don't have who don't have exposure to such disadvantages mm-hmm. yet are not contributing society, who are not productive members of right. society. It's such right. a shame, uh, you know, that those people don't do it. Well, whereas you, a mother like you has made sure all four of them have. Yeah. So talk us through, how does a girl who grew up in shame and didn't have friends and had lots of insecurities about herself yeah. and along with her origin, turn her life around and go on to become a multimillionaire? How does that happen? Ooh, it, uh, it, life. <laughs> life 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 puts things in place for you um once you're clear-minded and that had to happen and you know we're not even we haven't even discussed the fact that my mother tried to kill me at the age of 12 and I survived oh wow yeah when instances like that happen and you survive from it and I was also someone took my innocence at 16 and my son is my son is a, a product of that that incident so when these things in life happen to you, I'm just the type of person that go like, God didn't do this to me. I didn't go through this for no reason. There has to be a bigger purpose than this. So I've always hold on to the fact of what is my purpose versus saying, why is this happening? I've, I've never said, why is this happening to me? I've always said, what is the bigger picture in this for me? It has to be a bigger picture in this. I just didn't know. So I just kept walking in faith and saying, this is happening for a reason. I need to learn what the lesson is in this because 
um, why? <laughs> you know, like, what is the lesson in all of this? And um, I didn't know that it was for me to walk into the purpose of where I'm at. No, I just kept walking. So I wrote the book and that was the first leg um, of telling my truth. And I didn't realize that I had so much ish that was holding me back. And when I got the, when I wrote the book, I thought like writing the book would have been healing. No, <laughs> not at all. Because when you have to constantly explain the book and talk about your book and, you know, you're getting invited to be on these different panels to speak your story, you have to say it over and over again. That's when you realize you're not healed, you know? So it it forced me to finally get healing for all the stuff that I've been going through in order to help the community because hurt people continue to hurt people. I had to be well in order to, to spread the word of wellness, right? Yeah. And, um, so I started with the book and being acknowledged with the book gave me my name back. I was no longer known as the crazy lady's daughter in my community. I was now known as my name, as the author, the best-selling author that's talking about her mother. She changed these laws and now we're getting better mental health care there. So that's what it elevated from. And then um, I was still living in the States where I was going back and forth to educate the community. And I was already selling on Amazon, but I wasn't selling to the capacity that I'm at now. It was just a little hobby thing that I had. I was doing during the marriage. I was taking care of the kids. Couldn't work because of their, their special abilities. <laughs> and uh, I went through a divorce. I filed for divorce in 2006. And out of anger, he stifled the gas out of the car. He didn't pay the mortgage. And here we are outside with officers saying we have five minutes to get stuff out of the house. They didn't know wow. he started stifling the gas. The car only made it to Walmart's parking lot. And we slept in Walmart's parking lot for four days with no food, no water. I was begging for food and water for my children. And that that felt like the ultimate lowest time. I mean, looking back at your children in the rearview mirror and they're like, mom, I'm hungry. And you're like, I have nothing to give you. I mean, you know, um, at that time, just everything was going wrong. Like in 2009, my divorce was finally final. And two, two months after that, my son was shot in the back five times in a basketball court. And then two months after that, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Four months after that, she passed away. The day of her funeral, I went to go see my dad. Didn't know that was going to be the last time I saw my dad. My dad died two months later. My other grandmother, my father's side, she died five months later. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is a lot. This is a whole lot. Like, if I could survive out of this, I could survive anything because that was Talk about feeling like you're in this bu this building and it's just being blown up over and over and over again and no no like no lights on. And ultimately I was like, I've got to get my life together. This I, I've got to be the change in myself, you know. And um, Amazon just coincidentally sent me an email because I was already selling books. So now they were inviting those who were selling books on their platform to sell other things. And I was like, wow, what can I sell? And I was into fashion at the time. And I took my last $197. That was my light bill. And it was already late by two months. If I didn't pay this bill in two weeks, we were getting cut off. And I sacrificed it. And I purchased some items. Um, it was leggings, actually. And the leggings used to be like 50 cents. And they were selling for like $12.99. I sacrificed. Oh. And I told I told my kids that uh, we're going to have to go without light for about two weeks. <laughs> And because we're from the Caribbean, light is a luxury. It's optional because the lights always go out all the time anyhow. And we've been through four or five hurricanes together as a family. So they knew what it is to survive under lights. And I sacrificed it. And about four weeks after, I made $450 in profit. Wow. And I 
I paid the light bill and I sent them sent bought some more merchandise. And my company has been self-funded from that same original $197. Never taken out wow. Yeah, I just keep reinvesting and reinvesting and reinvesting. And then I didn't even know I became a millionaire because I lived my life by that. I would only take out what I need to survive. That's survive, not even the extra, no clubbing, none of that. Just focus on making sure my children had a roof over their head, food in the plates, and clothes on their backs. No extra anything. We'd actually go to um, state parks for five dollars just to hang out and run around. And that was our that was that was our Disney World <laughs> was the parks, right? And I was still living in that survival mentality that I kept. I never looked at the money in the accounts. I just basically, you know, just kept on moving. And then my accountant called one day and said, I need to Skype with you and the kids. I was was like, Skype with me and the kids? What do kids have to do with this? (laughs) You know? And it was on that Skype call, he announced, your mother has um, a million dollars in the bank account. I was like, I do? (laughs) He's like, whoa, what? (laughs) What just happened? And my kids were running up and down and saying, we're millionaires. And I'm like, no, 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 I. (laughs) You're still broke. I did it. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. 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 I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. Inside the workshop. What a journey! And yes, it's been a it's been one hell of a roller coaster ride. I mean, I there's a moment in there that you touch upon which I never got to that level where I was homeless. Mm-hmm. I have to say, but the story of your because when you go through a divorce, it's how it's amazing how I won't say all, I'll say some because I, I know there's such so many amazing men out there. I have to give credit. There are amazing, amazing men who are fabulous fathers who, irrespective of you know, if they're divorcing the the wife, they don't divorce their children. They are still fully active as parents. And I want to give hands up and you know, you know, say. We respect those men. And there's yes, there's more of those men than there are the ones the kind of men that I'm about to describe, yours and mine, okay? Mm-hmm. I just want to say that right now. There are I, I fully appreciate there are so many amazing, fantastic mm-hmm. men out there who are fabulous fathers who doesn't matter if they have um, a falling out and a, separation, a separating of pathways from, them, from the children's mother, they are still fully active in the children's life and they're amazing fathers. Having said that, I'm coming back to the point where I totally get that. That kind, there are few men like your ex-husband um, and my ex-husband who would leave you high and dry. My, I, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know if you know, know my story, but my ex-husband wanted me to accept his girlfriend as his new wife, and um, he wanted me to accept that. So he cheated on me, and he wanted me to accept that. that not only that, he wanted me to accept the fact that he's going to have the civil wife because Muslims are able to have multiple wives, and he expected no, you the self love that we have. Exactly. <laughs> he expected me to accept his um, girlfriend to become his wife, and that to be a norm for us. And I thought, no, dude, that's not happening, and he played the financial card like yours mm-hmm. he gave me and literally pulled the rug out of my feet I had nothing and because we we're going through a divorce I couldn't even have access any of my own property which I had I had my own property but it was all locked down like I yeah. couldn't touch anything and I had 137 pounds and 14 pence coming to me from 
the government's child benefit because because of my property and other incomes, supposed income, I couldn't. I was entitled to government help either. So all I could get was this child benefit, which comes every four weeks, one hundred thirty-seven pounds and fourteen pence. I was getting that, and I had to pay my mortgage, um, all my utilities, food, everything in that that amount. And he gave me nothing. And this this the divorce lasted six months, and six months that's all I had. Whoa. It was crazy what I did. I mean, I did get. I I, I, I God helped me, and we got through things, but. It was amazing that, you know, men can do this. And it was right. his children without food. Right. I'll never understand that. I'll never. Un- and he and he was not that person before. Wow. He was a great father. He was a great provider. He was just angry. And like I said, hurt people tend to hurt people. And his his yeah. ultimate motive, we're best friends now, you know. We are best of friends now. Because children, with special abilities, will force your parents <laughs> to yeah to do what you need to do for your children. And I just, it is just another person showed up because of anger and hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just crazy. I just, we couldn't understand. He took, t- turned the kids' phones off. So he wasn't communicating with his kids. I'm like, what, what is going on? Like I divorced you. <laughs> yeah, Not because, the kids, yeah, you know? Yeah. I think, I think unfortunately that's something as a conversation for the time, but I think as I found with my ex, in order for him to have contact and relationship with his children, I have to have contact with him. And if I close those those doors, he doesn't see his children either. And and, and so unfortunately, he's not yeah. seeing his kids at the moment. But it is what it is. And certain men are like that. But irrespective of how they behave, it's how you respond and what right. you do for your children. But right. the reason I want you to bring this up was I, I understand that pain. Maybe not to the extent that you are you know, sleeping outside yeah. of Walmart. I can't even fathom that. That's just I so never hard. thought in my life I would ever be in that situation. Like. No, that's, that, that's something that, that would, you know, I know for a fact how I was on, I was crying just because of, I was on the brink of yeah. on the brink of not having to yeah. be able to feed my children yeah and so this is a, a phenomenal place to be in yet so tell me what was the time frame from that moment to see you know sleeping outside of walmart to be mm-hmm. to your accountant calling you and telling you that you're a you're a millionaire now how what so was the 2009 to, to 2017 wow in a space of literally just over um nine years yeah eight years seven eight years eight it, years yeah mm-hmm Wow. 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 And I, I love that. I absolutely love that because people think, uh, you know, oh, you know, is this my, is, is this, is, you know, how, is this it for me? Can I not come out of here? And, you know, how if, do I spiral downwards? But no, as long as you have faith and you've shown that, as long as you have faith and a positive mindset, you can turn you your life yeah. from homeless, homeless, penniless to being a cash millionaire yeah <laughs> that's journey in a space of eight years who would have yeah. known who would have guessed wow <laughs> i would not have, I, would have, I would have kept on walking if he didn't call me because wow. i just never, i mean he did all my books for me so i never really checked to and like back back by that time we had you know your money could just um you know you you put up your bank account and the money just kind of you know um deduct itself you know it gives you a running start and everything so you don't really have to go in there and do like you know back then you had to write your checks and then you had to do checks and balance now we have technology that does that for us so I didn't really have a whole lot to do you know except just give him my bank statements and give him the QuickBooks file and that was it and I just kept walking I just kept walking that's it I was like wow Wow. this is insane wow (laughs) yeah and, and so tell me, what kind of, you know, I mean, I, I, I do believe this, that you have to work on your mindset a lot. How did you work on your mindset 
to come out from, you know, being, I'm going to touch upon something if you want to talk about it or not. Mm-hmm. How does someone, a girl who's, who was abused at 16 and who actually is a child from that, mm-hmm. um, you know, carry on going and, and not be angry at God, not be angry at divine synergy. And I ask this because this question will be, you know, in minds of many people, whether they believe in God or not, everyone's right. for their own opinion. There, I know there's, I know most people believe there's something, there's a, and that's why you use a secular term, divine sense energy. Mm-hmm. This universal energy, this divine sense energy. How do you carry on going? How do you not get angry at God or divine sense energy? For, for- um, oddly enough, at 16, uh, my grandmother had given me permission to be whatever faith I choose to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, my mom, because of my mom, I, I was, my name is Muslim. I was, when I was born, my mom was a Muslim. And okay. then by the time I was five, she was a Rastafarian. So I had dreadlocks and then she became a Lutheran. So I was baptized Lutheran. And then my grandmother is Anglican. So I had these different religions that were totally contradictory to every other one. And um, it just opened my mind, being, being exposed to them, opened my mind to my own form and my own beliefs on what religion is. And it didn't look like the norm for me. Mm. I believe in God. I believe in the word of God. Um, however, certain things didn't, like I, I, some things in the Muslim religion that I really have respect for their, their thought process. Some things in the, in the Rastafarian, yeah. I do, you know? So I took a little bit of the positive of each of those religions. I said, you know what? I need to form my own yeah. on what God and what faith is and how I should walk because I've been exposed. And um, it was at that point of 16, I was going through that flux of confusion. Like, do I believe God? Like, but the Muslims said, you know what I mean? I was I was in that trying to find my own way and trying to find my own identity path of who I am at 16. So it's odd that that happened because in my mind, when it happened to me, I could hear my grandmother saying, see, that's why you don't believe in our God. You know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's because you want to be all liberated. <laughs> this happened, right? And um, I, I, I struggled for a while trying to find that. And... Um, I kind of stumbled onto it, end up in a domestic violence relationship just four years mm-hmm. after. So at that point, when that when I came out of that domestic violence relationship, I came out alive because I could have died. And I said, you know what? There's been so many times on this earth that I, I could have been taken off of this earth. Somebody else is looking after me and it's not me. Mm-hmm. And I decided to just believe, you know, like it has to be somebody else that's a greater power that's, that's walking this path with me. Because each and every single time that it was, it wasn't because I defended myself. It wasn't because I protected myself. It wasn't because I told people of what was happening is how I live. The greater God, something bigger than me intervened every single time that I could have been gone. I didn't, you know, close my eyes and go, oh God, like, it's just, I, it, it just can't explain how I didn't drown at nine. Um, it didn't explain how I, how I wasn't, um, didn't die in a car accident at seven. I could have taken my whole life out. It didn't explain how all of a sudden my mom just stood there and didn't kill me at the age of 12. Like these things just don't coincidentally happen, you know? And and then the thing at 16, I could have died that day when, I, when my innocence was stolen, but he walked away. The, you know, like who told these individuals to step in and intervene at this time? Because it wasn't me. I didn't say stop. I didn't say, you know, save my life or anything like that. The greater power than me told whatever was happening to stop. And I wasn't meant to die. So, and, I, and that's why I said that I really feel that I had a bigger purpose on life 
and I had to just find it and just keep on keeping on. That's That was my only choice. It's good to cry because you get all those emotions out yeah. of you, and that, but pick yourself up the next day and go, all right, I'm cleansed now. <laughs> I got it out. <laughs> Let's just move it on like this. And, and, and I wasn't shameful. Once I was exposed to therapy, I was no longer shameful of therapy. I'm speaking to someone about what was going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm an advocate for therapy. I mean, like the sky fall. Hello. <laughs> Can I get an appointment? The sky is falling. <laughs> you know, I would I would call my therapist in a minute if I knew that I don't feel right about myself, like something is going on in myself. And um, your therapist really and truly needs to be your best friend. I don't have a mom anymore. I don't have a dad. So and I, I'm an only child. So who else am I going to speak to? And and you know, sometimes we have to admit that my life circumstances does not look like the norm at all so no nobody in my circle would understand what i've been through nobody can relate to what i'm going through nobody have children that are four different dynamics so who else should i talk to but a therapist who has been trained and knowledgeable about you know getting women and getting everybody else together exposed to these other circumstances that individuals been through and then me one come along with my million (laughs) circumstances you know we just put this together oh my days and I I I love that I love your your upbeat happy attitude and this proactive attitude that if something goes wrong you need to ask for help I appreciate that I have a mother a father or sibling that I can converse with so I need to find a third party and a therapist can help me and I need to help myself I can't be staying in this situation I need to get up and move forward and I may it may be the fact that I need help from an expert a therapist or some sort I love the fact that you you are proactive with it you're not sitting there wallowing in self-pity and while you were talking that you know I have to say you know, there are very few people I come across whose lives are harder than mine. And I say this with all humility. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, my life has been interesting to say the least since 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 I was a since I was a baby, and with the, with my father, you know, whatever else. I'm not going to go into the story now. And throughout, that's happened to me. I would my story is normally what shocks people, yeah. and and I so I it's I, there's nobody who can talk to me that I would be like yeah yeah yeah. You're the first person I've come across. Oh. The story is more prolific than mine. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> but you are you are equally upbeat, and even when we go on the call, we're like, "Hi, how are you?" It's like really upbeat and fun person, and no one would understand the troubles right. that you have come through at the other end with this beautiful, gorgeous smile that you have and this beautiful aura of yours. Yet you've been through hell and back. Not with your mother, but also with the children, with a partner and everything else in between. Yet you're sitting, you're sitting here and you're talking in a positive manner and being talking from the grateful side. Like you're grateful for the fact that the person who abused you didn't kill you. Right. You're grateful for the fact that your mother attacked you, but you were saying she didn't finish you off. Yeah. You are seeing the glass half full, even at this moment in time. Yet you have every reason to be annoyed yet you're finding every ounce little atom that you can find to be grateful for i love that i love that i mean staying angry does nothing but make you sicker i agree it it causes you stress high blood pressure you know heart condition why am i going to feed into these these body illnesses when it's all about your mind and your and your you know your mindset 
Yeah. Um, you can't continue to continuously be the victim of your circumstances because after, after a while, people are no longer going to ride your pity party. They are not going to continue cutting yeah, and, and I completely get that. I, I do believe, I do believe that when you're angry at someone, it's like holding onto hot coal yeah. and expecting someone else to burn, but it's not. You are. You and are. they go for anger. And, and that's why one of the things that I teach is forgiveness is a path to prosperity. About being a money person, yes. I remember all the time, but forgiveness truly is the path to prosperity. And it's the first part because unless you are able to forgive yourself included for the past decisions you made. Yes. You are not going to get ahead when it comes to wealth and prosperities. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap up. Um, so, Yasin, tell us, how, you know, how can we connect with you? How can we find you on the internet? Well, I'm on Instagram under my name, Yasin Hall. You can also find me at yasinhall.com. And I'm also Yasin S. Hall on Facebook. Wonderful. And if you are listening to us on the podcast, we will have all the links we are seeing on our show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have her links to go check her out. I promise you, she's one amazing lady and someone you definitely want to connect with. Well, Yasi, we have to have you back. We need to have you back so we can Absolutely. pick your brains on our Money Talkie segment. But today, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being such an amazing guest and coming up and talking to us about your story. Thank you, Yasi. Thank you so much. I can't wait. I want to dive more into your story as well. Now that we're story twins. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that next time. And thank you for listening to me and Yasin today. I will be back with another amazing guest, just as amazing, or maybe not just as amazing, but because I think there's only one Yasin, but someone equally amazing to Yasin who will be sharing their life and telling us how they changed their mind. So how they changed their life by changing the mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. Bye. <laughs> If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.